This is the First Gen Pilot Podcast, episode 17, starts now. What's going on, aviators? My name is Abraham, and I am your host. Are you a pilot or someone who's wanting to become a pilot? Then this is the podcast for you, where I interview pilots from all over the world who are currently in the industry or currently pursuing their dreams. You learn from their experiences firsthand how they did things and how they're getting through flight training or how they got through flight training to ending up as airline pilots and all other aviation jobs out there. Then stay tuned, hit that follow button, and leave a review if you enjoy this episode. Today's episode, we have Captain Joe. Joe is one of the biggest aviation influencers out there with over one and a half million subscribers on YouTube and over half a million on Instagram. Chances are you've seen one of his videos out there and they're so inspiring. He's such an inspiring person. It was so great having him on the podcast. In this episode, we talk about how he got into aviation and his journey. We also talk about some of the things that people go through when they're doing their flight training in Europe. With that, we talk about the new course that Captain Joe just released. It's so helpful. It helps anybody out there who's trying to get into aviation where it walks you through all the steps that you got to go through all the way to becoming an airline pilot and getting all your licenses. Make sure you check out this course. The link will be down in the show notes of this podcast. And aviators, if you enjoy this episode, don't forget to leave a review and follow the podcast on any of the platforms that you're listening this on also you can source some support by getting the first generation merchandise down below in the link of this podcast without further ado here's captain joe hi everyone this is uh captain joe uh joe uh, but most people know me uh, on social media uh as captain joe i am aged so i'm just realizing i'm 39 years old and i've been in the aviation industry for the last 15 years and i'm currently on the boeing 747 flying for a freighter company and i'm super happy (laughs) that's my intro uh captain joe welcome to the first gen pilot podcast and i really appreciate you being here today man thanks for the invite really appreciate it being here too yeah, man, it's kind of crazy, man. I've been doing a lot of these, um, like Europe and like Africa, uh, all mm. over the world, and like the timing is always crazy because I know we kind of <laughs> have to figure out like what time can we do this because <laughs> it's true. early morning for me and it's like late night over there. Yeah, but the best, the best way is always to go in UTC time. You know, okay. I, I love to plan things in UTC because every yeah. pilot knows UTC time, so that's the point. <laughs> so that's Exa- yeah, <laughs> I figured that one out too late. Yeah. all right yeah and this first question i'd like to ask is um how did you get into aviation how did i get into aviation that is a good question um so i got in it relatively early um in the sense that i was i think i was like five six years old um my godfather used to be an air traffic controller at heathrow airport and uh, i was a tiny boy and he took me to work and I got to experience what it's like to, you know, see the operations in Heathrow Tower. And um, during, at the end of his shift, he took me to the end of the runway and we could see Concorde take off. And if you're five, six years old and you have Concorde, like literally a hundred meters away from you taking off, that will give you such an incredible buzz for the rest of your life. So <laughs> that was how I kind of got into it um, or sparked my 
my uh, sort of love for aviation, seeing mm-hmm. Concorde, seeing uh, 747-200s at the time. Um, and yeah, I've, since then I've been super hooked. I mean, especially because I, I spent a lot of time in my childhood in the UK and there's all sorts of aviation related museums that we went to on weekends. And uh, yeah, it's sort of the, the buzz just keep growing and growing. And the buzz, <laughs> yeah, I, I never got rid of it. And I still go to these museums nowadays and I still, especially for the YouTube channel, do recordings for it and uh, just love it going back into the history and, and checking out these old planes. Is, yeah, it's a yeah, d- <laughs> yeah, definitely. Man. It looks like you were kind of in love with aviation from the from the jump as soon as you were kind of going into the air traffic control and everything. You could say that. You could say <laughs> that, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, so like the flying portion of it. So was there anybody in mm-hmm. the flying industry for you? Yeah, not really. So the, so my parents are not um, aviators. Uh, they love to fly, but they don't. Uh, that's not their profession. They used to be dentists. Um, but a friend of theirs had a Christian Eagle, which is a small little biplane. Um, And during one of those evenings, like sunset, scenery, it was just perfect. And he asked me if I quickly wanted to join on a traffic pattern around or just a bit of pottering around the airfield. I said, yeah, why not? So the thing is with the Christian Eagle, the passenger sits in the front seat and the pilot sits in the back seat. So you have, as the passenger, this unobstructed view, uh, you know, <laughs> into the sky. And yeah. it was just perfect setting with the sunset, you know, super calm. There was no turbulence whatsoever. And relatively right after takeoff, this friend of ours said, hey, you know, you want to take control? And it's just like a wooden stick, like a broomstick. Yeah. And then I just sort of, you know, did a couple of, they actually did a roll as well. And we did a couple of circles and it was from that moment on, when you have that feeling of you know controlling an aircraft, um, from that point on, I was just so hooked, and I, I couldn't think of anything else, and I wanted to become a pilot. So that's that was the spark to it all. The stuff before was like love, growing love for aviation, but then really hitting the spark was flying that little plane. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely, man. Like the first, yeah. I can, I still remember the first time I touched the controls, and like it's it, there's nothing coming close to that. It's just amazing. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. They're like, uh, so going by your flight training, how does one go by mm-hmm. uh, in Europe and what does it look like uh, getting into aviation and going to become a pilot? Yeah. It's so funny. A lot of people actually think that I did my training in Europe, but I didn't. Okay. <laughs> I did most of my training in the States. I did um, like 90% of my training flying wise um, in America. I did it all in, uh, in Vero Beach at the flight safety. Okay. So I did all the theory part in Germany, mm-hmm. I passed all the theoretical exams. And then we, like my entire course, we then went over to the States. Yeah. And then we enrolled this program. We were we just like flying every single day. And it was so much fun, especially that I think that the States just has really cool instructors who are very high on motivation. You know, they, they truly really want to make you keep your motivation high and, and, you know, keep you disciplined and focused on what you're doing. Mm-hmm. And sure, we had bad days as well, but then they, you know, they immediately um, took us under their wings, so to speak, and then said, look, everything's fine. We'll just do a retraining here and there. And it was it was really, really enjoyable. And uh, I kind of missed that time. I have been back to that flight school a couple of times uh, in the last couple of years. And it was just so great to see how, how much it evolved. There's still one aircraft is still there. Okay. I used to train on <laughs> 15 years ago. Wow. So that was pretty fun to see. Uh, but other than that, uh, yeah, that was I, I really enjoyed my flight training. That was a, I think a lot of people struggle with it because it is a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I had a, a great time doing my flight training. Yeah, definitely. And then, so like you mentioned, uh, so like the exams that you got to take before you go on to these um, uh, flight training. So what is that like? Because mm-hmm. I don't think we have any 
this like pre-examination over here yeah it's just basically speaking it's just sort of exams um to check your math uh math knowledge your physics knowledge and your english knowledge okay. um they can be a bit tricky but in general i think they were all passable um and i was you know there's a couple of sort of multitasking stuff as well but uh not too difficult compared to the airline assessments that's okay. where the <laughs> where it's much much tougher yeah. but for flight schools it was passable i think if you pre- if you practice a little bit in beforehand it was fine yeah i didn't have no problems with that really okay yeah definitely <laughs> all right and then so like now you got your flight training done in the states uh, or yeah. most of it so where do you go by by then over there then? <laughs> yeah so the thing was that um I, my crew partner, okay. she immediately got into the airlines. Literally, she, she did her final check ride. And I think a week later, she got hired uh, with Air Berlin, which was a, which a passenger airline that sadly doesn't exist anymore. Okay. Um, and I was a little bit too late to apply. And then they closed their doors and I couldn't, I couldn't move to the airline. So what I did was that I went over to a skydiving company. And that's a really funny story because I was um, doing my single engine piston land check ride at this tiny little airport close to where my parents live. Uh-huh. And we do the check, we debrief in this little restaurant. And as we are sitting at the table, I can hear this guy next to me speaking about, oh my God, I need a pilot for the summer. It's going to be so crazy. We've got so many skydivers coming. I don't know how to deal with it. Yeah. And I overhear this conversation <laughs> and I literally just got up and I yeah. said to him, look, mate, I have just finished my training. I'll be more than happy to jump onto your plane. You know, you don't even have to pay me for it. I just <laughs> yeah, I'll do it for free. <laughs> yeah, I literally do it. I'll fly for food, so to speak. And yeah, that's how I got my first job. So I flew the Pilatus Porter, which is quite a unique aircraft to fly, okay. especially when you come from training. Yeah, from like a little Cessna or whatever, or Piper. <laughs> and then what has a Piper might have, you know, 120 horsepower up to like a 700 horsepower turbine engine. Wow, that was quite the transition. Oh yeah, <laughs> but. Uh, <laughs> And then I flew skydivers for an entire year. Uh, and then literally on the last day, now this is really important for anybody who is wanting to find a job. This is so crucial. Uh-huh. Um, I There was one skydiver on the last day. Um, we had like this, this sort of, uh, you know, how should you call it? Uh, last job of the season, so to speak. So there was tons of people there. Yeah. And one skydiver was on every single flight and he was like monitoring me through the entire day. And he, he gave me sort of the chills. It was really awkward. But long story short, we have a barbecue in the evening and then he comes over and he says, hey, by the way, Joe, um, I am the chief pilot for an executive company in Germany yeah. and I've been monitoring you all day, checking your flying skills and you seem to be doing really well. Would you uh, be interested in flying for us for the executive company? <laughs> Without <laughs> me even searching for a job, I got a job offered, which was yeah. amazing. So I then transitioned from the Porter to a Beach Kinger. And then I was on a Kinger for another year, roughly. Uh, and then at that point, my crew partner has been with the airlines for two years already. Mm-hmm. And she kind of knew flight ops. She kind of knew, you know, the assessment or the, the people who do the, uh, the hiring. And she figured out that they are going to be hiring very soon. And she told me, Joe, you need to send your application now. It's not an open position yet, but they will open very soon. So yeah. I sent my application and literally a month later, they replied and said, hey, Joe, super happy to invite you to, to an assessment. I went into the assessment. I passed the assessment. And now this is another fun story. <laughs> As I am in the assessment, the guy who's sitting opposite of me is the chief pilot um, from, an, so they had a collaboration between uh, Air Berlin and Bel Air, which is a company in Switzerland. 
And that chief pilot who sat opposite of me was a skydiver who used to fly with me. And he immediately <laughs> recognized me. And he said, hey, Joe, what the hell are we doing here? So good to see you, you know? How's, how's the flight, uh, the skydiving operation going? So there was no questions asked about, yeah. you know, HBL theory or something. <laughs> we were just having a casual conversation. And then I was hired on the spot. So, And that was then my transition into the airlines. And I had roughly maybe... 400 hours 500 hours roughly and uh, total time which is not a lot and no but yeah. in europe that's still possible and yeah then i was with air berlin for say eight seven to eight years yeah and uh, there's another fun story <laughs> <laughs> so my transition to the cargo airline was also um just before the company or like two years before the company went bankrupt um, this cargo airline I work for now was offering that we could fly for them for two years mm -hmm. and then uh, go back to the, the passenger or to Air Berlin, uh, but we would get some long haul experience. And I said, this is so cool. I'm going to apply for this job. Yeah. So I applied for that job and Air Berlin, you know, they handed us out to that company for two years mm -hmm. because we had too many pilots and they had too little pilots. So we, so I went through the application process. All was great. As I'm literally on my way to the for the type rating, they are my company calls me up and says, "Hey Joe, we're super sorry, we've let too many pilots go. We need you to stay with us." I said, "Oh my gosh, what a nightmare!" <laughs> so so I, yeah. I stayed with the company. I flew uh, until until the day uh, the company went bankrupt. I was the second to last pilot or the last flight that I uh, commenced, mm -hmm. and then. As I am driving from the airplane to the crew hotel uh, to the crew room, my phone rings and it's a Luxembourgish phone number from this company saying, "Hey Joe, we're super sad about the bankruptcy of your company. Blah blah. blah. Are you interested in flying for us? <laughs> <laughs> what is going on?" So literally yeah. a day later, I was in the assessment. Uh, I had one more uh, flying to do in the simulator, and then I got the job on the seven four seven. So. In all fairness, if I think about it, I've technically only applied once in wow. my life. My like, <laughs> not to brag, but it's yeah. just, if you have that, once you're in, you have that little network and mm -hmm. you just get to know people, you speak to people. And um, yeah, so that's what I, I'm recommending to everyone who's listening. Yeah. Uh, you know, be, create, create that network, not necessarily be an influence. I mean, just speak to people at airports, speak to people who have their own little plane. They always seek pilots, stuff like that. So don't just hide behind your computer and send out online applications. There's faster ways of finding a job. <laughs> yeah, definitely, man. Like networking That's, is a huge thing when it comes to aviation. It's huge. And yeah, it's such it's a small huge. network. Like you, if you know somebody, they know someone that knows you. It's like, it's yeah. just a small world. And it's so great to know people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, definitely. And then, uh, so let's move on to like, funding your training uh, so what was that like yeah <clears throat> so training back then if i think about it was significantly cheaper than it was today uh okay. i remember that it was exactly 60 grand for my entire training uh, okay. so euros um i think nowadays we're nearly up to 100 110 120 000 euros it's it's, it's just gone, gotten completely out of hand yeah <clears throat> and i'll be very straightforward my parents were supporting that. I had some money myself that I put into the training, mm -hmm. but my dad was very, very strict. He said, if once you have a job, I am taking a thousand euros out of your bank account, no matter what. <laughs> and as the starting salary 
for example, flying skydivers is very, very low. Okay, <laughs> I mean, you're not, you're just making about one grand. Yeah. And that was sort of a contract I had to sign with my dad. Mm -hmm. And so for the first sort of two to three years, I was like airbnb my apartment out. I was like selling all my stuff on eBay. I was really struggling <laughs> on, on like staying afloat. Yeah. But that was incredibly crucial for for me because it really taught me a, a lesson from my dad more or less. Uh, and within five years my entire um uh, the funding was all paid off to my to my parents and that was that so i yeah. got out of my debt with my dad and uh I, i'm sure he would have loved to put an interest rate on it but he didn't <laughs> <laughs> uh, it, it, it that was the best way for me and uh yeah so i mean nowadays i'm in a hundred twenty thousand that's a lot of money and uh, i i really don't know how people do it but uh yeah that's uh, that's the, the world we live in i say yeah definitely man it's it's yeah. so expensive getting into aviation but then it's, really it's so worth yeah. it like you you probably can say like a hundred times like it's it's a worth it uh career that you can go in for me i i think i couldn't do anything else because uh, i have such a strong love and passion for it um so i have a really cool schedule flying wise i fly 14 days and have 14 days off it's sort of this package scheduling is cool about it because i don't live where i'm based at mm -hmm. i live like a five-hour car ride away so they plan that for me that i can you know commute easily yeah and it's 14 days i go flying on like the 12th day i'm really getting sick of it yeah. <laughs> I, kind of, oh, I just want to go home <laughs> but after being home for 14 days i am so excited to go flying again yeah. so it's this, it's this perfect balance <laughs> definitely <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah and so like i know this uh the airlines in the in europe and like in the other countries they do cadetship where they take in they take you and then they train you and get you to their alliance how does that work yeah yeah there, there are sadly it's less and less uh, airlines that do that um i just recently funny enough heard of an airline opening up again and uh, in, um, bringing back the happy needs your program where you literally you know a pedestrian and they'll take you under their wing and they'll take you all the way up to a 737 whatever okay. um and they opened up I think for two days and they had like, I think 4,000 applications. It wow. was absolutely insane because it's so rare. They, and they would have paid for the training. I sort of, yeah. I think they would have paid like 60 or 70% of it. So it, sadly, that is not the case as much as it used to be, but I'm pretty sure with all this pilot shortage, this is going to come back they, because they can't, they can't expect you know future pilots to pay for everything themselves especially type ratings whatever you do do never go to an airline where you have to pay for your own type rating that is like the worst idea yeah um so there's so from my perspective this will continue maybe for a couple of more years but at, at some point we'll have two little pilots and then the airlines have to do an incredible rethink and really have to uh, bring back the apiditia program where you are you know you do your assessment and then they take you into flight school mm -hmm. This could be someone else doing the flight. It doesn't necessarily need to be the airline that's doing the training for you. But then you do a conversion course into or the, the first type rating. And I think that's that's it's a matter of time when this is coming back. So I'm yep. hopeful that it's coming back in the next couple of years. Yeah, yeah definitely. It definitely helps out a lot of people that yeah, need the funding. It does, yeah. yeah, absolutely. All right. And then so like next question I have is, uh, have you had any scary experiences throughout your flight training? During my flight training? Uh, yes, I had one sketchy situation once where, um, I don't know what they're called. You, you do these landings where you 
like pull the engine on idle and then you sort of simulate an engine failure and then you just sort of circle to the to the runway yep i think they're called pa- spot landings or okay we call them power up on 80s yeah all right okay power <laughs> we'll go with- <laughs> okay, so yeah. we'll go with that so i had to do that in my traffic pattern i i was a private pilot i just had my private pilot license okay um so i did practice that or doing my private pilot uh, uh, training and I've been doing that like five or six times. And mm-hmm. there was other planes within the traffic pattern. And they got really upset because I was like blocking the runway. You know, I was always like the emergency case. And I got, you know, the, I, was always, I was always the first to land. So they yeah. were like <laughs> pretty sick about it. So at some point during like my fifth landing or whatever, mm-hmm. um, someone, there was so much traffic in the traffic pattern that there was, the ATC was completely blocked. They were all chatting along. Mm-hmm. And I got severely distracted because there was a plane on the runway there was a plane ahead of me and i was just turning final and then i forgot to monitor speed i mean i had maybe 20 25 hours in i was really a low hour pilot yeah and my flight instructor saw from the outside that the plane was buffeting and i was just before a stall and i was at super low altitude i was like at 800 feet or something and uh yeah he said, go around, go around, go around. And I just pushed it down and, you know, full throttle and, and I got out of it. That was a scary situation because I could feel her like buffeting. And then yeah. you know, just prior to the stall, one of the wings just wanted to drop off. Uh-huh. So that was sketchy. Other than that, training wise, nope, that's that's the only one I've, I think I've had that was sketchy. Other, other than that, no. Oh, I, I once in, I, in IMC, <laughs> that was actually doing a, that was a, a pre-check ride, I remember. I went into full IMC and we were banking at a 45 degree angle in, uh, and I didn't, I didn't feel it. I said, Oh, we're going straight level. And then my instructor said, you know, you want to check your instruments. And I was like like this, that was really bad. So yet again, it goes to show, you know, just trust you. Don't trust your gut, trust your instruments. No. Yeah. The biggest learning I got out of it. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I remember when I was in my instrument flight training too, I, my first time in IMC, uh, we were doing a, mm-hmm. an approach, so we were turning the final like that last mm-hmm. leg to a final. And yeah. I remember uh, I was supposed to do a turn, but I wasn't doing the turn. I was just turning my body, and my instructor was like, "Okay, give me that <laughs> yeah. turn." But I was like, I'm, "I'm doing the turn," but I look at my hands; I'm not even moving them. It's, it's kind of it's crazy. It's, it's yeah, the the this um, the sensation your body yeah. is experiencing during flight, especially during IMC, it is out of it's so crazy, especially. You have to overcome mm-hmm. that feeling, that sensation, because you think you're in a right turn, but you're in a full left turn. Yeah. And then you, your muscles, your arms have to go in the other direction. It's so weird to do. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, trust your instruments. Yeah, definitely. I agree. <laughs> yeah. All right. And then, um, so if you were to go back and redo your whole journey mm-hmm. again, what are the some things that you do the same and some things that you do differently? Uh, speaking of the flight training, um the okay i think what i would have wanted to do back then is purely to prepare Mm -hmm. i was i had a general idea of what a cpl and ifr and a ppl was Mm -hmm. but besides that my knowledge of aviation or, or what i'm going to expect during my training was zero to nothing really i had no idea what it's what i'm going to be uh expecting in training so for me um, this brings me nicely <laughs> to my course that I have. So I, I took the time because I'm getting literally thousands of emails of people asking me on how to become a pilot. Yeah. 
And I, I can't answer all these emails. So I thought to myself, okay, I'm going to take six months out of my time mm-hmm. and I'm going to create an online course, a video online course on how to become a pilot. Literally a step-by-step from pedestrian all the way up to the, the airline cockpit. Uh, what is a PPL? Um, what is a CPLI for ATPL? What is the, we have all sorts of other licenses in Europe that you have to take after your ATPL mm-hmm. or ATP. Uh, then stuff how to prepare, how to best your English. What can I do during school? How can I, you know, already start preparing for flight school whilst I'm still in school? Model airplane flying, glider flying, all sorts of things, all in this in this course. And once you have gone through that course you will not get ripped off by the by the flight schools you will know how to choose the right flight school that is suited best for you um and that was that was incredibly important to me because if you think about it a flight school is a business right they are there to make money and they are making a lot of money because you are giving them a lot of money yeah and you are this naive little kid who walks up and then you see all these fancy shiny planes and then, oh, yes, this is all great. And, you know, airline cockpit posters everywhere. And said, so this is the best flight school to go to. Mm-hmm. But they are just interested in making money off of you. So there are ways on how to find the right flight school. And that's all in the course. And so that course just is launching or has, has been launched. And um, I'm really excited to see uh, the, the feedback from the people. But I personally believe if that, if I would have had something like that back then, that would have saved me <laughs> tons of money, tons of time. Um, and, uh, yeah, just, just choosing the, I mean, not that I wasn't happy with my flight school, my mm-hmm. flight school was great, but I'm just saying I could have prepared far much more. Yep. Just, just the process. Yeah. I, I agree with you, Joe. Just the process, yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. Like I, I also struggled getting into aviation, uh, hence why I have the podcast and like my Instagram and everything. But mm-hmm. I think something like that would have definitely took me to a different level where I was so prepared and having something yeah. like that is definitely huge. And I'll leave. Uh, the link in the down in the show notes and I definitely it. check yeah. that out. I think I think an important note here is that in this course, I obviously mention a lot of abbreviations because pilots just speak there's, with abbreviations, and I hate that. It's a, I personally think it makes it even worse because I until today I still have abbreviations that I'm struggling with. Just recently, I had one in a no time. I had to go into Google to go. It was so difficult to find. But what I'm trying to say is that in this course, I am using abbreviations. But as soon as I say one, the uh, translation or the what it actually stands for will pop out now, pop out on the screen. So you don't yep. have to worry about anything. You're just sitting there, you know, you're getting everything is being talked to, and then you just have to listen. And uh, whenever there's an abbreviation, I will highlight it. <laughs> yeah, definitely. There's there's yeah. so many, so many that I can't. I think yes. every day I'm learning a new one here. <laughs> I, I, there's also download materials that has tons. It's like, I think it's like 80 pages of download material that you can print out. Okay. And one of them is, I think it was a, a thousand abbreviations that are very common. So you can learn them like vocabulary. Mm-hmm. And then once you go into flight school, uh, you can't be fooled by, you know, one of those flight school executives who's trying to, you know, <laughs> talk you through some uh, abbreviations and you have no idea what he's talking about, but you will know then because you've practiced. <laughs> yeah, definitely. You'll definitely become yeah. a pro. <laughs> <Good>. <laughs> All right. And then also, have you had any failures throughout your flying career and has those uh, affected you getting a job? No, I've had no failures in terms of check rides, um, theoretical exam. Okay. That was all flawless. I'm, I'm very, really happy. But now this is also a really interesting story. For anybody who's wanting to start out with their social media influencer pilot program or whatever, yeah. um, just be very, very careful because 
when I lost my job due to the bankruptcy of the passenger airline, mm-hmm. um, I was, yes, okay, I was hired with this cargo company that I fly for now. But obviously during that time, I had a six-month period where I was without a job. I had to wait for my type rating to start. Mm-hmm. I did go to other airlines and apply, just you know, seeking, just checking what there is. And because a lot of people knew me already as Captain Joe, mm-hmm. that was it didn't play so well with them. They knew about me. Um, social media back then was completely different. I mean, that's again seven years ago or six years ago. Yeah. Um, it had a different impact. Nowadays, it might have changed a little bit, but just be super, super careful um, because I got rejected or not accepted to uh, three airlines in total because they said, hey, look, you're a great pilot. We, you know, you've done your SIM check. All is great. Super cool. But we don't like this this Instagram YouTube stuff. That's not for us. That's we're, we're a very conservative airline, and we don't want this. And that didn't okay. They never really said that, <laughs> but it was so obvious that that yeah. was the reason. So yes, I have failed airline assessments because of that. So I'm just trying to advise everybody who you know be careful. Airlines will check your social medias. Um, if you do it, just do a super professional job about it. Don't you know have pictures of you being drunk with your mate somewhere. That could uh, cause some, some funny or interesting questions in your assessment. So just be careful about that. Yeah. yeah, I definitely I agree. You always have to keep that professionalism when you're a pilot. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, definitely. And then, uh, so uh, this question I like to ask: uh, So, what's your end goal with flying? So, I know you're flying a seven forty seven, <laughs> which is my favorite aircraft yeah. to fly someday. <laughs> if they don't you'll go be, out, <laughs> Ibrahim, you'll be surprised. She is. This is so bad to say, but it's such an easy plane to fly. She is so stable in the air. It is. I just ah. Oh, <laughs> now I'm so excited and thrilled to get to go fly. <laughs> she handles so well. She's she's very forgiving. Yeah. Um. You know, and I love to play with just pitch and power. Uh, because I came from the Airbus, you didn't do have you didn't have any manual trim, so you just you know set the set the the the, the bird on the three degree, and then you yeah. just fly down an ILS without even touching the controls. And with the seven four, you set a pitch, you set a power, and then she'll just do the rest. It's just so much fun to fly. Wow. But speaking of my career, um, now this is uh, <laughs> I obviously want to fly until the end of uh, until I'm sixty five mm-hmm. um, with Cargo Looks because that's just I love that company. We're having so much fun. And, and that plane, I will get another type rating on the 777 at some point because we're fate very, very slowly phasing out the, the 74. Yeah. Um, but in terms of the planes I would love to fly, all right, if anybody offers me to fly a Spitfire, I am there. <laughs> I will take a month off just to get <laughs> ready to fly a Spitfire. That is my ultimate dream to yeah. airplane to fly. Um the Airbus A350 is super beautiful. I would love to have a simulator session there just to, you know, do a couple of traffic patterns. I'm, I don't need to fly the real plane. I'm happy to fly fly the sim. Yeah. And um, I do want to do a bit of sort of backcountry flying, smaller smaller planes again. You know, flying into Utah and uh, or doing so, or maybe get my seaplane rating. That's something that's a bit of on the horizon. Yeah. And to to finalize it all. <laughs> The helicopter license would also be good <laughs> because helicopter flying is completely something else than flying um, 
fixed wing. Yeah. So this is something I've looked into a little bit. And maybe at some point, if I have the time, uh, I would try and get my helicopter license. But just, just a PPL, just a private pilot. That's that's it. <laughs> nothing crazy. <laughs> no, nothing, nothing crazy. I don't need the IFR. I mean, like, generally, uh, helicopters don't really fly in the IFR. Yeah. But, um, yeah, so. yeah, the helicopters are great. I think people are kind of trying to do both right now. I mean, I had uh, Catherine Maloney on here. She does both. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. And also had uh, another uh, guy in the... Uh, military also does he's doing his helicopter but he's looking to do his also his fixed wing stuff so it's kind of the same with the boris world it's great i i have a very very good friend of mine uh who is a rescue helicopter pilot and on the weekends he flies fixed wing so it's he gets the best of both yeah like flying a rescue helicopter pilot like an airbus helicopter those are great (laughs) yeah. yeah definitely all right so like Flight training, it can be hard. And um, yeah. as you know, uh, so how did you stay motivated throughout your uh, flight training career? <laughs> uh, that's a very often asked question. And um, I, funny enough, put an entire segment into my online course on how okay. to stay motivated because yeah. it's a huge issue with flight students. And um, one of the key things that I can give away is that, yes, I had not necessarily lacking in motivation. I was just overwhelmed. I was just like, so done. I couldn't see airplanes anymore. I didn't want to talk about airplanes anymore. I was like, ah, give me a break. Yeah. So what I would do back then during training, uh, because we were in Florida, we just went golfing. I said, <laughs> okay, this is it. Yeah. So we've got three days off. We'll just, yeah, you know, I don't want to talk about planes, nothing. Just we'll go to a golf course. We hit a couple of balls. We went to Daytona once to see a NASCAR race. That was also pretty cool. So oh. just, just to get your mind of flying, yeah. just take a reset and then get back into it. And, um, I think that that helps a lot. Um, and <laughs> what I've put into my course, there's a, a, a movie list of the 30 best aviation related movies. Mm-hmm. And if you, spread that out and watch one every two weeks you've got a full year more or less a little bit more than a year yeah of great aviation movies because if you have a dip of motivation every two weeks you can watch an aviation <laughs> movie and then get it back up again so it's like yeah this. but this uh i think i think at the end of the day maybe even you know connecting with with guys on on instagram who do great flying who put out great content mm-hmm. just have a chat with them um just get a you know, someone who boosts up your motivation again, you're not by yourself. You know, the, the aviation community is huge yep. and, you know, take advantage of it and just speak to, to, to people that you have problems. Maybe, maybe your motivation is also lacking because you are, I don't know, struggling with flying an NDB approach or whatever. Okay. Then meet up with a friend, uh, get your Microsoft flight simulator out and just hustle and hustle and hustle all night long yeah. until you've nailed it on the Microsoft flight sim or any other sim. And then you go back into your training, I think, but you don't have to, tackle this by yourself just mm-hmm. ask your friend who's also a pilot yep. and then you know deal, deal don't deal with your problems by yourself because that is very i should say uh, disheartening a lot of people then even have get into that thought oh i'm gonna quit you know Ugh, this is not for me i'm, I'm yeah. not good enough especially i'm not good enough that will come around quick yeah so just ask a friend and help him and then you should be fine yeah exactly always always asking for help is it's never it's never like too hard you just go ask for help yeah, and it's not always correct. gonna help you out yeah all right and then also last uh oh this question is um mm-hmm. what tips do you have for someone who's getting into aviation mm-hmm. or already pursuing their dreams mm-hmm. um for me i okay besides 
Now, me putting out this preparation course and helping people to get an absolute overview of what they can expect during flight training, um, that is my first tip to get that course. Uh, but secondly, I would really immerse yourself, really, you know, take a, a little practice flight at your local flight school. Just, you know, they'll take you out. You can get the hands of the controls a little bit, fly around a little yep. bit. Model airplane flying, that was huge for me as a kid. That really inspired me as well. I learned so much about airplanes back then. Um, glider flying, super cheap, great affordable. You're always in a team of people, um, that, you know, sort of stuff like that. Um, and then once you are making that decision that you want to be go into the aviation industry, you need to show 100% commitment. You have to stick with it because if you are lacking at some, you know, if you're just like, okay, I'm going to wing it and I'm just going to do a little bit here and do a little bit there, that is going to catch up at some point in your career. So you really have to stay dedicated and motivated to do it because um, th that's that's what I, I think those are sort of the key, the key things. And don't brag about it. Be humble. <laughs> I don't like people yeah. who are, I've seen, I've met so many people who are telling me all these great stories, how great they fly. And then I actually get to fly with them and their flying skills are really not up to par. But, and I said, look, mate, why not talk less and practice more? <laughs> just be, right. just <laughs> and be humble about becoming a pilot. That's, that's all I have to say. <laughs> yeah, definitely. It, it could get so easily to just talk about yourself yes. and like, Staying humble is definitely a, yeah. a big thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. <laughs> All right. Um, those were such great tips. And then, so last question I have here is uh, your social media. How did you get, or what was the inspiration behind it? I know we kind of talked about it a little bit, but how did that get started, this whole thing, this with you millions of followers? The funniest story is it's actually my dad. It's not even me. <laughs> so my dad... Um, I was during the, during the passenger airline, they flew. <clears throat> I had a lot of time off. We were flying like five days, five days off, sort of that kind of schedule. And um, mm -hmm. I always wanted to do something with my time. I said five days sitting in front of a television watching Netflix is not my kind of deal. I just don't, yeah. it's not, <laughs> it brings me nowhere. So um, by coincidence, I was, my dad called me whilst I was at work <clears throat> and he was reading a newspaper article and he didn't understand what the journalist was trying to bring across. It was about an airplane accident and it was about the pitot okay. tube and he didn't even translate what a pitot tube is, this journalist. So I took the liberty on putting my dad on FaceTime and we walked around the aircraft and I pointed out to him, that's the pitot tube. I literally did an outside check with my dad on the phone and he loved okay. it. He thought it was absolutely amazing. So a couple of weeks later, I'm at my parents' house and he says, hey, look, I think that your passengers could absolutely benefit from the information that you've given me during this FaceTime call, why don't you start a YouTube channel? <laughs> Literally, those were the words my dad said. <laughs> so I said, oh, no, maybe not a bad idea. So I put out my, I, I said, okay, we'll put out a video on the sterile cockpit. Completely boring topic. I think it took yeah. me like two days to get the video done. I uploaded it. It got, I think, 10,000 views in like two or three weeks. So it was, I see, I just didn't see the, the benefit in it. it was just too, too much work. And I said, okay, I'll do one more video and then we'll see how it goes. <clears throat> so I put one okay. more video out and it was about the reverse thrust. So reverse thrust is something that a passenger can see from their window. That mm -hmm. video, I think in two days had over a million views. <laughs> so it completely wow. went off it the took off. <laughs> and I said, aha, I'm onto something. 
So when you yeah. go back into my channel, the first 20 videos that you see are all from a visual perspective of a passenger, the stuff that a passenger can see. So I just focused all on that. And I think after the first 20 videos, I had nearly 200, 250,000 followers. It just, it just went wow. because I was one of the first who started it. Yeah. And uh, then it just picked up after that. And, and it's, since then, it's been so much fun because the feedback um, was great from the passengers. Then I, I've done all the passenger topics and now I've sort of transitioned more to do flight school and flight student related topics because, you know, I struggled at flight school and why not help flight students now? And for me, the biggest um, appreciation or biggest compliment is when a flight student takes a picture in his classroom, the instructor is at his desk or whatever and <laughs> on this tv screen you yeah. see my video show that just you know that pushes my motivation for the next 10 videos it's just, that's that, i really really appreciate that yeah man <laughs> yeah, definitely. So that's how far i've come <laughs> yeah. yeah man it sounds like your uh, your dad was a, such a good inspiration for you to start your youtube video and it's doing such an amazing thing helping out others yeah. and in like motivating a ton of other people including myself i watched your videos on, <laughs> on instagram Thanks and on you, youtube it's like <laughs> did you know and then it's like you say oh, yeah, stuff yeah, it's yeah. like <laughs> i love <laughs> those, those videos also, they were a lot of fun yeah they were fun those videos yeah <laughs> yeah definitely i love, yeah, I love so, those videos and and i i learned a lot from you know i mean i am not knowledgeable in everything in aviation so i have to go back into the books as well you know mm -hmm. and it keeps me in the books and i enjoy that doing the yeah. research uh, just recently when there was the 757 FedEx incident, mm -hmm. I have no idea of the hydraulic system of a 757. Why would I? I don't, I don't fly that plane. No, yeah. It forces me to go into the, you know, into YouTube or into the books of, I, I found a, a checklist and I, and I found the, the, the hydraulic schematic of a 757 and just worked it out myself. Yeah. So this is the drive to do it, you know? So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, but it's so great. Thanks. <laughs> All right. And then, so we're going to end this with a would you rather game. So I'll give you a couple options and then you pick one from that. <laughs> okay. Sounds good. All right. Let's All right. So the first one is would you rather fly general aviation or commercial? Uh, general aviation. <laughs> <laughs> just because it's low and slow. I just yeah. like to fly low and slow. Nothing can beat general aviation. I'll tell you that. <laughs> no. <laughs> All right. So then would you rather fly over beaches or mountains? Uh uh beaches beaches yeah mm -hmm. okay yeah mountains can be quite tough they you get a mountain wave that will really <laughs> not be fun <laughs> yeah beaches are nice and calm yeah yeah all right then so would you rather fly high wing or low wing oh definitely high wing because okay. you can see more yeah low wing is it's, uh, half of the view is blocked because of the wing <laughs> <laughs> yeah you get ripped off from the views <laughs> yeah high wing is good yeah, all right. And then, so would you rather fly Airbus or Boeing? Spitfire. It's a tough one. <laughs> um, a third option. A third option. To be fair, I, I, uh, I, because I've flown both um, mm -hmm. and both have the you know, advantages and disadvantages and I, could, I couldn't really say that either one of them is better. They are both great. I think I just want to yeah. leave it at that. At the moment... The 7.4 is my absolute dream. I'm loving it. So maybe I keep going for now. But the okay. Airbus is a fantastic play. That's a really good play. Right. Yeah, we'll go with that. <laughs> All right. So the last one is, would you rather fly IFR or VFR? 
VFR. I need to see stuff. I I'm when I when I'm in the sim, I'm in IFA all the time, and I hate. Yeah. It. I want to actually see stuff. So no, VFR is uh, it's more it's yeah a little bit maybe a little bit more challenging. You've got more work to do um, because yeah. VFR is literally just you know listening to the to the controller and flying uh, airways. But uh, VFR is is fun. That's why. Yeah. It's it's amazing. Yeah, just look. I mean, you go to fly what wanting to see outside. You know, like Correct. not flying the clouds. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but. Uh, yeah, man, that was it for this episode. Thank you so cool. much for coming on and uh, helping inspire others. Yeah, it's so good hope, having you on. I really hope it does. I mean, uh, I am always open for questions as well. Just, you know, contact me on Instagram. I'll be more than happy to, to help you out. I mean, I'm trying to keep up with the questions that are coming in. Um, yeah. But also, just another little side note to the course. In the course, we have big Zoom meetups where everyone <laughs> who has bought the course once a month we will all meet in a massive Zoom call and then everybody can just hit out their questions and then we, you know, I'll, I'll try and answer them as best as possible. I mean, these calls are going to be like two to three hours long just to cope with all the questions. But yeah. I think that's just the best way of getting back to the community because they have bought the course and I am entitled um, to answer their questions. So, yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited for that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Alrighty. definitely. Cool. All right. Good. Thank you. Well, Ibram, thank you so much again for, for having me on. Uh, it's been a pleasure. And uh, to all the future pilots out there, fingers crossed, thumbs, <laughs> whatever, I I, um, I hope I've got you covered. And uh, I'm here to help you. And uh, you will not regret the your your decision to go into the aviation industry. It is, for me personally, it's one of the best jobs that you can get. <laughs> Definitely. I agree with you 100%. Cool. Thanks, thank right. you. Then I'll see you again. Ta-da! <laughs> That's it for this episode. Thank you so much for taking the time. I really hope you enjoyed this and found it beneficial. Don't forget to check out Captain Joe's course on how to become a pilot. The link will be down in the show notes of this podcast. Also, don't forget to follow me on Instagram at firstgenpilot. That's one st dot dot pilot. Also, follow Captain Joe on Instagram at flywithcaptainjoe. Anyways, aviators, until next time, keep the blue side up. We'll see you.